Welcome to the Sun-Dried Tomatoes Podcast. I am your host and creator, Anthony Yotso. If you are watching on YouTube, you can find the audio-only version of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Please follow, download, and subscribe where applicable. For those listening to the audio version, I do have the video version on the Sun-Dried Tomatoes YouTube channel. Please subscribe there as well. And check out all the other shows that I have that will feature sports, brewing, music, you know, some food things. Uh, I got my show Random Reactions, which is also on IGTV. Some other videos on the NFL draft and uh, European football or soccer for those in the United States. Uh, Also, a couple of new series, Legends of the Diamond came out uh, mostly in June, where I talk about some of the greatest ballplayers of all time that weren't allowed to play in the MLB from the late 1800s to the early mid 1900s periods i also have a show uh brewing the facts where i show you my process of home brewing a raspberry jalapeno wheat ale and also talk about some interesting facts such as brewing in medieval times and the origins of beer pong the first episode of brewing the facts came out on july 19th and the rest of the season will be out in the first three mondays in august you can also follow me on Instagram at eclectic underscore Yozo. That's E-C-L-E-C-T-I-C underscore I-O-Z-Z-O. I will have updates, teasers, short videos to go with all of my YouTube content. Plus, you might get to know me a little bit better. Today, I am joined by family. That's right. My stepbrother, Mark Lopez, is online to talk with me about music recreational sports and just to talk about some old times when life consisted of freestyling chilling and just having a little bit of fun uh and uh of course hip-hop is a big part of uh, the music roots uh, for mark and myself as well and he is one i credit as getting me into the genre when i was younger mark and i have collaborated on us on a couple of tracks some for fun that i never really released and, and some that were actually released one on an album of mine, the second album I came out with, Adventurous, which listeners can buy on bandcamp.com. Just search Super Garlic versus Funky Onion. I will include the link in the YouTube and podcast description for those interested, as well as the link to March of the Damned, which Mark did an amazing job on. You should definitely check out those lyrics. Uh, Mark has also made tracks with many others, including his friends Nate Dogg and Danny, and, and has even performed at a poetry slam at the Green Mill. You can check out some of Mark's stuff actually on SoundCloud. He goes by the name of Mel One, that is M A L hyphen O N E. We'll be talking about both uh, musical influences, favorites, and uh, just writing some tracks, performing, collaborating, all those types of things with music, uh, and some of those old stories of dank, dark basements with beats and rhymes. Mark is also into recreational sports, which I found pretty cool. Uh, You know, they could be very competitive depending on the league or tournament, but, uh, you know, most of it is just to have fun, have a good time, things like that, meet some people. He's competed in sports like beach volleyball, indoor volleyball, softball, and kickball. He's actually been on a few beach volleyball teams that have won championships earning some free parties at uh, whatever sponsored bar uh, was for the team. And that's pretty cool. Uh, He's in Chicago. So he's played uh, for teams sponsored by bars like trace on Clark street. You got McGee's tavern and grill and the pony Inn as well. Venues are usually nearby parks, uh, you know, or North Avenue beach for beach volleyball, which is pretty cool. We will discuss some of the attractions to recreational sports for adults and the communities that can be formed uh, later in the podcast. 
you know, of course, again, the the point of these leagues is to, to have fun, meet people and just have a good time, which I'm all about. And I know Mark's all about as well. He plays in leagues associated with S3 or simply social sports. So without further ado, I bring you the greatest MC that has ever come out of Chris's basement. Inside joke there, a fantastic lyricist and performer, a future recreational sports legend in Chicago. Uh, my brother, Mr. Mark Lopez. What is going on, man? How's life treating you these days? What up, broski? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, life is treating me pretty well considering we're in this uh, pandemic but hopefully it's behind us you know yeah, what i mean yeah. just chilling working doing my thing and uh yeah having fun living yeah, life absolutely i hear you there man the pandemic's been a, a, a definitely a pain to go throughout you know obviously all the outside stuff and loss of life is bad but just you know uh having the work stuff and, and difficulty to do social things i'm guessing with you at recreational sports that's like a whole thing you know I, I, a lot of that stuff i'm sure got shut down which is a bummer you know like you lost like we all lost like a year of like just doing normal things yeah actually like the indoor stuff uh had to get shut down for sure obvious for obvious reasons uh once it got warm out you know we we're able to be outside at least and create yeah, yeah. distance and still wear masks we we're able to do that somewhat be social and uh, play yeah. sports and kind of, you know, do stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I hear you there, man. Just to get out of the house is nice. Uh, it, you know, I'm fully being fully vaccinated now i like went to my first bar the other day and just with some friends hung out like just chilled like i was just it was almost surreal <laughs> you know? it's like oh my god i'm at a bar like yeah not, you kind of forget how to be social <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah uh so starting off here you know because uh, music is one of the early memories of uh, hanging out with, uh, you know, with you. Yeah, obviously, um, your father, Gene, my mother, Diane, got together. And, you know, I think I was seventh grade, eighth grade, somewhere in there. You know, I was probably the annoying, like, new little brother. But, uh, you know, after a while, I think we hung out, especially those times in Bourbon A, which, which I'm sure you remember those crazy times, you know. Yeah, I think we bonded pretty well out there in Belize, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel, I, I, to be honest, I feel a, a good place to start is uh, some of those early rhyme sessions in uh, Chris's basement, because uh, that was kind of, I, I feel like when they came back from Bourbon A, our parents, uh, you know, I was younger, so I wasn't necessarily at most of a lot, like every hangout like you guys were. But, you know, obviously, as I got to high school, I was there a lot more, um, you know, it, you, Michael, you know, my uh, our brother, Michael, and then, uh, you know, Ralph, Chris, Fagan, all those guys. So I, I feel like there were some crazy times. You guys were coming up with some crazy rhymes. There's a lot of cool conversations. And, and, you know, we'd listen to music, too, and chill when we're not. When, when you guys weren't doing stuff or my brother wasn't doing some sort of crazy nine inch nails bridge, you know, <laughs> like, um, but uh, you know, I, I, I have to say, like, I think the audience would find some of this stuff uh, kind of hilarious. Like just, uh, just uh, th the fact of like, just a bunch of guys together in a basement, listening to some beats and just coming up with rhymes and just kind of, just kind of chilling. And like, uh, kind of like, I don't know, like, I feel like a lot of it was just like, uh, more than a hobby it was like we're all there in this basement having a good time uh, but at the same time we're just kind of letting loose like it, you know like you, a lot of your guys's lyrics would, would get funny you'd, you'd rip on people but sometimes you'd come in with some some verses that uh, was probably just some crap that happened to you that week you wanted to get off your chest so uh, yeah. what, what are some of your favorite parts of, of that just being able to be in that atmosphere 
Well, like, um, I mean, um, it originated, like, it must have been, like, in 98. Well, we went to Bourbon A in 98 for a couple years, right? So, uh, when I got back in 2000, um, Fagan and Chris, they were already into uh, underground hip-hop and all that. I was barely into it. I was still in the mainstream, you know, tribe and all that. Um, Was still into hip-hop but not that deep and was unfamiliar with this uh, independence music that was going out there. Yeah. And, uh, once I got back showing with them, you know, they turned me on with all these like groups, uh, um, from Minnesota and whatnot, up mostly in the Midwest, some underground hip hop went to a show. Um, that's really what sprung me into hip hop and getting into it and influenced me big time. Um, that's when I really got my focus in the hip hop. But anyways, like, uh, Chris's basement was a, a haven of like hangouts and just crazy sh- stuff going on and <laughs> uh, memories out there. I mean, that'll be never forgotten, even though how much booze we drank or whatnot. Um, we were teenagers, you know, we did what teenagers did. We were trying to find ourselves at the same time, you know, creating memories, doing dumb stuff, um, <laughs> rhyming and all that. I mean, we'd have like rhyme sessions. I still have like cassette tapes, like. I don't know, like 15 recording sessions of us, like just shooting the shit and rhyming and uh, freestyling a lot and uh, even battling each other, just, you know, having fun and doing what guys do. And, you know, we're underage at the time, but we figured ways to get 40s and, and booze and we still drink under the influence. But, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one that has experienced that. Um, I'm Especially not sure. Anyways, but, yeah. you know, we did what we did. It created a lot of like, uh, I don't know, drama. But anyways, uh, <laughs> to get off the topic, we had a lot of memories. <laughs> I can't think of any like ones right now at the moment, but we had a lot of memories, a lot of good times. And uh, freestyling during that time kind of like prepped me of writing music and getting down to recording in the future and just, you know, following up with that as a hobby. Even a dream, I still to this day would love to make music and, you know, make it a living as well that's yeah. also a passion um like i said i gotta get my uh, equipment together and get back down to it yeah yeah absolutely um you know it's one of those things where i feel when you're when you're making music and you're into it like it, it's almost like it's your outlet it's one of your outlets you know besides being a hobby it's like something that you could kind of let loose and, and uh you know just kind of uh just kind of be for once as you know kind of be yourself and just go out there but uh you know when you think about just uh the kind of journey that you have to take when you're younger and you're doing stuff and then like maybe people around you tr- drop out of it or they just uh, aren't into it as much and then you find like oh i'm one i'm one of the only people in this group now now i gotta find other people and all that like there's such a crazy journey of like growing up and like if you still want to get into music it gets harder you gotta you have to have money for equipment all that thing all that stuff and we could actually get that into that a little bit more but but first you know i just want to talk about you know even just getting into it is something you know hip-hop is one of the things that uh you know it's in huge and in, in all of our music and when when like when you think back of like how you really got into hip-hop like talk about you know who got you into the to the genre and like what made you like it and what made you want to actually uh go out write a couple of tracks and, and try to perform it 
Um, well, like I said, when I got back in 2000, uh, my buddies were really deep into it. And after my first show, which was at the Metro, um, we saw um, a lot of groups under the label Rhymesayers at the time, and still is, uh, from Minnesota. And uh, there was a lot of uh, lyricists there, Idea, uh, Slug from Atmosphere, and others, uh, including uh, people from the uh, label Ansicon. Yeah. Uh, which I was really big on, Dose One, uh, Alias, Soul, P- P- Pedestrian, and lots of others. Um, then I guess you can label art, hip-hop, I don't know, a lot of people call it nerd rap, whatever. I was really into it. It was different. Um, it, was, it talked about regular stuff that you can um, adapt to and relate to, other than, you know, making money and, and being in gangs and shooting each other and the uh, the main, uh, the mainstream type of uh, topics that uh, rap was really talking about. It was refreshing. It was different, and it seemed like something that I can actually do. I mean, I kind of like, you know, I was like in awe at first, and I was like, "Wow, this is incredible!" Like, maybe this is something I can do. You know, just uh, the thought of coming up with a song, the process of writing a song, uh, sharpening your craft of rhyming, and freestyling uh, is another thing that's challenging not everyone can freestyle or do it well um it takes a lot of practice and you really got to be quick on your feet your mind technically and um be creative and whatever i mean i honestly like i prefer freestyling over writing because i feel like there's no boundaries um when i'm displaying it like i can talk about anything and yeah. I can just go on, especially over a really dope beat. <laughs> and if it transitions <laughs> to another dope beat, like I can just keep going and going and, you know, have a good time. It's just like I get this high off of it without being under the influence of any drugs. Um, just to know that I'm like creating all these rhymes in my head, and, and, you know, the way it sounds, you know, when it's coming out. It's just like, it's a high for me. I don't know. It's just, uh, it became a passion and like something that I wanted to really like focus on and, and try to get good at. And um, I even went into a battle rap once, which was in Wicker Park. <laughs> I mean, it takes a lot of courage to jump into like battle raps, okay? Because um, you really got to talk crap to each other and be crafty and, you know, maybe funny. You got to have these punchlines. Um, it was kind of nerve wracking, but it's something I threw myself into to see how I do. I mean, I didn't do well, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I'd probably do it again. And, um, it was an experience just like my, uh, poetry slam. That was an experience. I wanted to expose myself out there and just, you know, experience it. And it was cool. I liked it. And I'll probably do it again too. One of these days, who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, what was the, the main question again? Well, I mean, like you've definitely been touching on it, but uh, you know, what about uh, what about earlier, like when you first got into even like you know mainstream stuff? Like, how did you get into that? Because yeah, obviously, like, that's um, the roots, you know. I really didn't see myself even getting into hip hop. I was almost anti hip hop rap back in the day, like in my early teens, because I was really into alternative rock, yeah. grunge, um, you know, that kind of thing. And rap wasn't really, you know, my thing. I just uh, I didn't like draw into it too much i've heard it i never really owned any of it uh but like i said like eventually like as i got older i heard the mainstream tried and buster rhymes and beastie boys and all this other stuff that uh took a leg into my ear and um gradually obviously i got into it you know like 
started rapping and, and all that and going to hip hop shows in the future yeah. and doing all that kind of thing and just getting familiar with the whole uh independent hip hop culture, man. It's 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 incredible. Like you know, I even met a couple of these guys that I looked up to idea for one who unfortunately passed away years yeah. back at a young age. <laughs> idea, aka Michael Larson. Uh, from St. Paul, Minnesota. I want to give a shout out to him. The Rhyme Sayers, man, love to them. I'm a big fan, been following them for years. Um, but Idea was one of the main uh, lyricists that really got me into freestyle and wanted to rap because he was he was actually a, a great uh, battle rapper and freestylist in his own right. So, but uh, yeah, man, like, I don't know. I mean, I love music. I don't know what I would do without it. It's a big uh, influence in my life. It uh, brings me up when I'm down. It gets, keeps me up when I'm up and happy and uh, gets me motivated. And uh, I can see myself, you know, still doing what I'm doing as far as writing. If I get into it again, and I probably will, and recording more tracks. And who knows? Maybe I'll be 50 years old dropping my first <laughs> album finally. <laughs> a solo one. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I just uh, I like it. It gets me going. Yeah, we we can talk about this later too because I think I have it, uh, you know, and and uh, in my sights here. But uh, absolutely, do another album. I, I I would totally help you with that. <laughs> I've been wanting to do. I like to do collaborations and stuff, man. So I would. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely down. Uh, like I said, I just uh, been busy with other stuff and just kind of just unfortunately uh, veer off the track of. Uh, my hobbies and my passions which i should stick to yeah that happens to the best of us for sure with life and everything uh it's, it, up, no responsibility <laughs> yeah exactly exactly it, it's one of those things where you almost wish as you get older and it's like if i had equipment like i had now when i was younger i might have been doing stuff at a younger age and then you can just do you spend more time doing it because you don't need to have a job and all that stuff at that point but you know, you, you kind of do what you need to do, um, you know, and, and uh, being in Minnesota, uh, I just also want to shout out all of the Minnesota, St. Paul and just any other, uh, you know, hip hop guys in the area. Uh, I mostly started to do stuff in Madison, Wisconsin. So a shout out to all the Madison, Wisconsin guys as well. Um, you know, that uh, that kind of underground independent community hip hop scene is uh, it's really cool. And, and you were in Chicago. So you kind of got the Chicago version, which I'm sure is even larger than some of the stuff that I, I was doing in Madison and, and people I was hanging out with. But you know, these, these guys are talented. They do things that you wouldn't even expect. Like one of my friends, Jason, uh, who goes by the name of, of memory, uh, the MC name, he, uh, he does like guitar work and stuff. And he literally, uh, has like a you know, I don't even know if it's a gold or a platinum because he did like one of his guitar riffs was used in like some mainstream song, and it's just you know it, you don't really get money because that it's just you get the you know here's a, the record because you were part of this you know what I mean but that's got to be awesome <laughs> you know you just did this thing you know so these guys are like super talented and i'm sure it's like this all around like they make some some really good stuff and it's just music is so weird it's like uh only a handful can make it you know it just depends on if people are feeling you but at the same time how much uh, exposure you get and exposure is kind of ruled by you know money so that's just kind of 
it kind of makes it difficult. Uh, but I feel like everybody keeps each other in, in check and they, they keep going, uh, you know, with the craft, even if they have to do other things like, you know, the, the fact that they could just do community festivals at the drop of a hat. And, you know, this goes for even like producers and DJ guys that help with that. Um, you know, if you're going to be spinning the ones and twos, like, uh, that's also a lot of hard work. So, you know, shout out to all those guys for sure. Um, you know, when I, when, when I'm, when you talked about one thing I found interesting, you were talking about is the writing. Uh, you talked about how you like the freestyling more cause you could kind of be, uh, you know, more in the moment. Uh, you're not at the boundary of your song or your, your verse or whatever. Uh, you could just kind of go, um, you know, freestyling is something that, you know, I never necessarily did, but it is a way that I write. You know, like I'll have a beat and I'll just kind of come up with stuff in my head while I'm listening to it. And then I'll be like, okay, like I, I like how this is going. And sometimes I'll get like, I'll just like come out of nowhere with like five different, you know, five different lines or, or like, you know, a whole verse or whatever. And then, you know, I'll go back in and I'll tweak it, uh, you know, for writing just to make it like flow better. Uh, so I, I feel like, uh, you just learning the technique of just doing, even if you're not that good is important because I don't know, trying to just write like out like a poem or something, it, it doesn't work because you really need to be in the, the music and, and the beat itself and the cadence, um, and just like the energy that you're bringing. And, it's, you know, you gotta worry about breaks and all that kind of stuff too. But, uh, you know. For for me, you know, I started writing when I was in sixth grade, but even then it was just like, you know, I, I'd spit something out and then just like write it on a piece of paper, you know, like, you know, it wasn't like I was like actually thinking of writing every word. It was, it, it was kind of like a, almost like a freestyle, write, Maybe is what you can call it, you know, yeah. like, and um, you know, I did random stuff, but you know, like what, what, uh, you know, high school is when I really started to get into to really trying to do lyrics and stuff. And that's when, uh, you know, I would use existing beats that you could get just to screw around with, you know. Um, and then, yeah. you know, and then, and then I think when I started like showing you some beats, that's that's in college. That's when I got a hold of GarageBand for the first time. It was like just after college, essentially. Uh, I started to make beats and, um, you know, over time, obviously I use logic pro and other programs now that, uh, have more that you can do, but, uh, I really got into just creating like the, the track and then like, you know, so it's like very track forward. And then I bring my vocals in and my lyrics in and, and that's when we really messed around, uh, was rolling logs and misfortune, uh, off of adventurous. Uh, if you guys want to listen and of course, March of the damned was one. And then we did great, like, uh, hanging out where you just kind of freestyled on a verse and it was just, uh, oh, like, yeah. I, I've messed with it, you know? And then we've just, yeah. <laughs> I actually added to that recently just because I was messing around with like a new guitar sound and um, it actually sounds pretty good. I was like, oh man, it got me into wanting to do stuff with you. But, uh, you know, obviously you've, you've worked with people and collaborated with people other than me. So what about that journey of like, uh, you know, you meet some people and they're in a similar thing and then, you know, you do, maybe you do a poetry slam. Maybe you are like, Hey, like let's, uh, work do a track together. And you did, you did several with, with uh, a couple of your friends. So, you know, how was that like uh, being in that process? Were you feeling like, Oh man, like I'm actually doing this finally. Like I'm, I'm making something. 
Yeah. Uh, first off, I just wanted to like brush up on your said about writing. Um, essentially, writing is kind of like freestyle. Actually, like freestyle is yeah writing essentially because I mean, if it's coming off the head and you're writing it down instead of thinking about it, then yeah. But yeah, in any case, um, but like I, I guess I left out a little piece that like I, like me and my buddy Fagan, we actually probably actually did this way before. Like I'm thinking like maybe like sixth, seventh grade. Oh, nice. School, yeah. um, we would just like record off like a, a boom box. Like, oh, yeah. And, like do it that way. We would record oh, cool. songs and we would write songs about people. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, and just like, you know, uh, do like a kind of a rap song. I mean, it was horrible at best, but like, I, mean, yeah. I think that was probably the makings of um, writing and getting into like rapping without us really knowing about it. <laughs> but like um oh yeah remember like, stupid yeah. people we came up with that one <laughs> stupid stupid people <laughs> we were talking like, about yeah. what was we that rest was the wrestler like gangrene or something or <laughs> like, <laughs> i hardly i forgot about that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah of course you know a lot a lot many years of uh of parties will make us forget some things <laughs> yeah but like the, going back to like me and my buddy fagan we were talking about um like just people that would annoy us in school like just classmates and stuff like that and it'd be hilarious or we just like just like talk about our day like there wouldn't even be music we'd just be like you know shooting the shit and just talking about what happened in school and just random stuff because we were bored. It was, it was a recording sh- session. It was Mark and Mike's recording session. <laughs> That's, <how> that <laughs> That's uh, awesome. That was, it was pretty lame, yeah, but you know, we're kids, we get into. But uh, to go off your question of collaboration, um, that, I mean, not everyone can collab with another person. You really got to click. You really kind of got to team up and kind of, you know, compromise with each other because if you find someone that is like more alpha with the whole thing and just want to take over the whole thing like this doesn't sound right and kind of like manage you how you should do it then it might not work out my experiences i've gone through that um i've gone you know i've collaborated with people and some of the tracks were good and some of the tracks were still good but the process was a little bumpy because like i said um they would like to take the lead instead of compromising and try to work it out. And then there's people that it works well together. Um, my buddies, like, you know, it's, um, they came out pretty cool. It was just something we experimented on. Um, yeah, there was a point where it's like, wow, yeah, I guess, you know, I'm doing something that people who I look up to in the hip hop industry have been doing and just learning the craft of it, the process. And what it takes to get it done, um, it was cool. It was a learning process, I would say. Um, not something everyone would be going through. Not everyone's a rapper, and not everyone is a hip hop and yeah. and freestyling and whatnot. It's just a few certain people. And when I knew how to freestyle and was doing making rap songs, I felt kind of special. Like you know, yeah. like like I had a special power. Like yeah. You know, like, which is, you know, you kind of have a skill, actually. It's a, it's a skill you have that you crafted and not everyone else has. Um, some people do, and you can relate to them and talk 
about, you know, music with them and just ideas, and, you know, meet friends, make friends, make music. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a cool thing. Um, some people stumble upon producers and rappers and they, they, they hook up and they make music together. I wasn't one of those people. I met a few producers, but none that we actually clicked and could have just, you know, formed a duo and just, you know, yeah, uh, pumped out some tracks like I, I would want it to be. But yeah, yeah, that, it was it's just cool. Collaborating is cool. Um, it's totally different from doing your own thing, obviously. So there's you know, it's a different world. Yeah, it is, and and you do have to think about it. And it, you can bring people on to your project and say this is the kind of what it is, but you can have freedom to do it and. At the same time, you know, you could, uh, you know, have uh, other people have you join their project and, and things like that. But then when you're doing like a group dynamic where you're literally two people trying to come up with like a whole EP or an album, uh, you know, that that obviously could get difficult. You got to have the process of this is the vision of it. Here's what we're doing. Are you on the same page? Like, does it does it mesh well together? You know, who gets who gets the longer verse on this song or, or who gets multiple verses on this track? And do we bring in other people? Like there's, there's so many little things. I don't think people understand about that process. It's very difficult. I've yeah. tried. I mean, like <laughs> I, I've collaborated with people where I thought it was really good, but they were not necessarily like ready to keep doing stuff. It's like, you know, trying to like you know shake them like hey like this stuff's really good we should put out an ep or like an album together and you know they kind of flake out or, or get you know i don't know lazy or, or just don't care about music as much and they do other things and you know that stuff could be frustrating too you know and then yeah, yeah there, there's a couple people i did beats with and and uh like I'll, I'll send a beat and then like they they get back to me and i'm just like oh this does not sound that good <laughs> you know like and then you got to deal with that you don't you don't really want to tell somebody that they don't sound good you know it's like you don't want that yeah. kind of drama um and then there were there were people i sent beats to and they brought me back some they gave me back something and i'm like oh this is really good send me your vocals and i'll like mix it with the track better like i'm good at that and they would have producers that they work with predominantly and they'd say no my guys got it and that stuff would annoy me because <laughs> i don't care how good your your other producer friend is he didn't make this beat i did i have the original beat so he's never going to make it sound well together you know like yeah. it, it um you know if i think that your your levels are off and uh you know, I unless I worked with them or unless the, the beat itself was completely finished. But a lot of times the beat isn't finished. You know, it's like when I sent you March of the Dam, the beat was pretty much finished. So you're you, the guy that uh, recorded the vocals with you. Um, he did a really nice job in making it, you know, good. And I, I know you've worked with him before, but like the. Yeah, that was my buddy, Brandon Ozzy. Uh, shout out to him. He's out in Vegas. Um yeah, he did. He did record a couple of tracks of mine, which came out really well. He uh, actually went to school for sound engineering and stuff like that, so he knows yeah. some stuff. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. And uh, you know, I didn't have to do pretty much anything when when I you know got when you sent me the thing and then I put it up. But like, he just did a good job. And but not everybody is like that. It's good that he had the sound engineering thing for sure. But you know, a lot of these producers definitely have it or a lot of experience, but. You know, they if they're using uh, like reason or something, and I use logic, you're going to have problems there as well. So it's like, you know, because because there's bit 
uh, you know, there's just a lot of things you got to deal with the size of it, the bit rate, all that stuff. Um, you know, so those things could get kind of frustrating with collaborations, uh, especially if you're just like, I really want to do this and like 10 months go by and, and no one's even done anything with what you've done. <laughs> you know? I know is, yeah. I'm probably actually one of those people. Cause I, <laughs> I have, procra- <laughs> I have procrastinated. I'm like making tracks or finishing them. And I just, a thing is I just like right now I got to get a new computer. The one I have now, my laptop's just like slow and old and like, I probably want to clean that out and just use it uh, specifically just for making music. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe try to run it faster and just use my new laptop for computer purposes. But yeah, I've been filling around and I just kind of like gave up on it. Just kind of <laughs> just like let it sit there. Um, I don't know, just minor stuff, but yeah, being lazy is a big thing. I need to like get back into it for sure. Well, one, one thing that that'll probably make you excited is that at some point in the next year, maybe year and a half, uh, we hope to have a, have a house that we buy. So at that point I would set up my own studio in it and have a proper studio for once, which, you know, I've done a lot of things to make temporary studios or, or, or work my rent space or anything like that. But, you know, to have my own place like house, I would be able to like build things and change things. Like I could put in a recording booth, you know, I could like soundproof a, a room, um, I could like, you know, make sure that there's the, the reverb is good and all that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of excited about that. So once I get that going, I'll be like, Mark, you got to come up here. Let's record some tracks, man. Like just spend yeah, a weekend. Totally just do I, do, I still want to see uh, what Minnesota is about. I've always wanted to visit that place. Yeah, considering, yeah. A lot of, uh, considering a lot of uh, the rappers that I listen to and uh, artists are originate from there. So. Yeah, yeah. So I, you talked about the poetry slam, and, and I mentioned it for you too at the, at the Green Mill. You said you took third out, out of six people once, which has to be pretty cool because that was the the first time you did it. But what was that like? You know, kind of performing uh, in front of people like that. Uh, and you said there was a live band too. That that had to be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, the Green Mill Sundays they have poetry slams um, at like nine p.m. or whatnot. My buddy Nate Dog uh, talked to me about it. Uh, said if we wanted to do it um because he was gonna do it and i was like uh, yeah sure i mean i was hesitant at first but thought why not you know give it a shot i mean what's you know what's the worst that can happen i get booed off or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the like, guy yeah. comes with the cane you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i get the hook with yeah. the apollo and i get just dragged away or something but <laughs> but like um yeah we did it like you know just had a few beers just you know relaxed and uh was just debating what I was going to perform. Um, and I actually, uh, did, um, did a verse from a track that I had recorded with my buddy, Danny, um, called, um, check the book. We're all free. Um, but anyways, it should be on my soundboard. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is. And people should check it out. It's pretty cool. But and I, I used those lyrics and like, uh, because it was just in my head and it was just kind of, you know, spare the moment type thing and uh yeah i was nervous you know i was thinking about it i also had a book that i had some lyrics written into it i was debating if i was going to use that or what i already had memorized in my head for quite some time so um i think um i think i went first before my buddy did yeah and i don't know if i was the first um 
person to go up but i went before him and they called my name you know and i was like oh <laughs> my heart <laughs> and i was like cool. yeah yeah so uh i said all right here we go let's do it and i pumped myself up and i walked up to the stage and uh the host was like hey you want uh we got the guy with a stand-up bass and the uh, guy with drums um do you want some background music i'm like yeah sure why not you know opposed to doing acapella which is you know uh rhyming or whatever or any poetry without background sounds or music yeah so uh so they were just you know creative me did a little study i was like okay i'll do that and i just you know then i went and i started you know um messed up corrupt ass government get bent out of shape make us tape our mouth shut and do what we're supposed to do with their consent this world is fake make all your dreams and free will disintegrate metal plates in the heads of vietnam vets from the wars before what was it good for Risking your life to a country that gives two shits to like kiss our grits and lick our pits. Providing for non-U.S. citizens when we have problems of our own that never end. It's mandatory to blend with the narcs, preventing anarchies to start up in parks. Spark of fireworks for a non-existing independence day. Tremendous ways they come up with the brainwalk for us. I came to fuss about how we must act like zombies. Keep smiling, we're only at the crummy. So poisonous balonies, the commies, take the little kids from the mommies. Uh-oh, I think they're on me. But I thought we were all free. And then the hook's like, Check the book because I think we were all free. Check. My buddy did the hook on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no. I did that, and like you know, I was just like, "Thank you," and people clapped, and and it was over. And I was <laughs> that back yeah. down, and I was like, Phew. "It was a relief. I got it out, and uh, I felt accomplished and proud." And then uh, my buddy Nate, he went on, he did his thing, and then, <laughs> and then at the end, he's like, "Yeah, both my buddy Mark, <laughs> you know, he was trying to give me props, and like when he was also, um, you know, trying to win it too." But it was funny. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I ended up in third place. I remember hearing other people, but um, some were pretty good, some were okay. Um, but for a first time, third place isn't bad. Um, so yeah, it was it was, it was fun. It was cool. Yeah, and that'd be cool too to have people clap as well instead of boo. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I had a couple friends, you know, come and watch too. I should have told more people, you know, like, hey, but it was kind of spur of the moment. I would have had a few family members maybe come and check it out. But. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, like I've done. Uh, I I never got to do like that's cool that you did the the poetry slam thing like at a venue type place, but uh, but I uh, I mostly did house type shows um, and performed a couple of tracks. Uh, you know, it's it's in Madison. It's very hard to get any kind of a live show. There's a couple of open mics, but it just wouldn't have meshed with the equipment that I had. Like I kind of had to run my own thing because uh, I didn't nest. I, I had a hodgepodge of equipment. You know, I only had so much money, so it was like a piece here, a piece there, uh, a couple of chords together. Like it looked ridiculous the setup, but it worked. Uh, you know, but it would have been hard to just go to a stage monitor when uh, you know I wasn't used to that type of thing in the, in the beginning. Um, but so I did like house show stuff where I could just set up my own thing. Um, you know, but it was usually just like a couple of things here, like a couple of tracks. I tried the one time I tried to do a full show. Uh, of course the cops were called and like people were being, you know, dicks at the house. <laughs> so it was just, you know, I wasn't able to finish the show. Unfortunately, I still think back to that time. Like, man, I, I prepared for like months for that thing. You know, it's kind of it's kind of a bummer, but uh, but it's definitely cool to kind of perform and and just have people there, even if it's just a couple of people. You kind of like people digging your track is cool. And my whole basement was filled with people, so I was just like, wow, there's like a whole basement kind of digging what I'm doing here. That's kind of cool. <laughs> like, you know? Oh um, yeah, yeah. 
awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I know you, uh, besides uh, doing the Poetry Slam, you also worked at, uh, you know, Starbucks and, and you had some friends from there. And that's when you were going down to the Old Town Pub and, and uh, do free th- freestyle sessions and messed around with the music in their live area because you said you, you knew the bartender, you were telling me. So so that had to be pretty cool. Like, talk about that because, you know, those little things, I feel like, are things that uh, you cherish because it was a time when you just went there and, and just had fun and you were still doing music even when you were hanging out with a bunch of people that uh, maybe didn't collaborate with you and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> a buddy of ours that we worked with at Starbucks, he knew the bartender the bartender who was named sam or something like that i don't even know if this place is still open if he's still there haven't been there in decades (laughs) but like um yeah it was it was our little getaway like you know uh, a few of us uh friends of us uh, co-workers at starbucks we'd go like after work maybe on a friday or saturday night and go up there meet and have some drinks discounted drinks it was awesome we had cheap drinks and uh music uh live music in the background there it was a small place but it was cool uh we were young um just you know probably barely turned 21 or whatnot (laughs) just you know (laughs) getting into uh, legalized drinking and whatnot and it was cool um something i definitely cherish and still in my memories and had good times um and like you said like uh People would just start freestyle sessions. Like I would jump on the mic and there'd be a guy on the drums just like creating a beat. And there's something about live drums that I like yeah. um, that makes me want to start freestyling. I mean, if there's something that I'm I'm liking and gets going and I'm like, oh, yeah, let me drop some verses on that or something. And yeah. uh, maybe there was a guy on a guitar and I think there was a keyboard as well. So like we'd all like to switch off and just like mess around freestyle and just improvising different stuff and uh <laughs> i'm sure you know the random uh customers there didn't mind it much and probably was entertained too <laughs> yeah yeah and, but we're all having a good time just drinking and just having drunken freestyles and being creative and having a good time with some friends it was a blast <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah it's like uh Back in Madison, when I first started getting into stuff, there was a lot of jam sessions. And then my friend Jerry, who uh, who I collaborated with uh, recently for uh, an album that we did, Maturity in the Eighth Dimension, also on Bandcamp under my other uh, band name, Dr. Alio, uh, we actually got together. And I'll kind of go through that in a second here. But uh, you know, um, you know, you told me that uh, when you talk about kind of the old times and especially the old basement crew, so to speak, uh, that you were one of the ones that kind of kept with hip hop where, where other people, you know, I know Chris still makes like music and beats and stuff, but like, I don't know like how much he's in the things and like, if he uh, has time to do other things or, or, or anything like that, but you know, you were kind of the ones that kind of kept at it like throughout the years. And, and even now after a little bit of a, you know, life hiatus or whatever like you want to get back into music but i feel like the challenge that is the challenge because i found this too like um you're going through you feel like like i I even said this before you feel like you're kind of the only one as people drop out and then it gets really tough because now you're like trying to do everything by yourself um and it's there's a different atmosphere besides like normally there's kind of a community Uh, especially with like hip hop and underground hip hop. And it's like, if you don't have people around you helping, uh, sometimes you like lose energy, like you lose uh, a a little bit of motivation or maybe even you, like I know for myself, sometimes I would just uh, 
you know, procrastinate on certain things just because it was like, I was the only one and nobody was there like saying like, Hey, like, let's do this. I didn't have that kind of second voice. Um, you know, so then, you know, when I was able to collaborate with people, like, like when we made some tracks together, that was really fun. And then when, uh, my downstairs neighbor, uh, Jerry uh, known as Dr. J, uh, a, a, re- a real doctor of science, <laughs> uh, he, uh, you know, he, he played guitar and he did kind of lyric stuff too. And, and, uh, he kind of brought like a kind of an indie rock, um, uh, kind of a vibe as well, which I liked because I, I know for, for you as well, like you said, before hip hop, you were in the grunge alternative rock. So you like a lot of different styles. Like I do, I like a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of different genres, uh, pretty much anything that I think sounds good and isn't like fake. I like, and, um, you know, I, it, that's kind of what we did. We kind of incorporated a lot of things and it made the project different. He did some guitar riffs. He did some back vocals. He did some lyrics himself and, and led some songs. And, and uh, it, it was really fun, I feel. And and again, I, w- I want to call out to Dr. J because he's great. He actually just moved uh, to Minnesota. So I'm excited. We, we're definitely going to be doing some collaborations again soon here. But uh, he, uh, you know our uh, band name dr alio uh it's uh spelled d-o-c-t apostrophe a-g-l-i-o and you can look that up on Bandcamp and check out our album because uh i don't know i feel like you guys might enjoy it it's a little experimental it's got some hip-hop roots some indie rock roots electronica downbeat type stuff it's pretty cool um but again like i said it made the direction a lot better to do stuff um you know it it just made it, it it made the experience of making the thing better too, because you're making it for yourself, but then now you have this other person too. And now like you can share stuff and I could be like, Hey, check this out. What do you think? Does this sound good? Oh yeah. That sounds really good, man. Like it's time to put it out. You know, like it's good to have that too, because I'm like a perfectionist. And if no one's there to tell me that, no, this is ready to go. I'm going to like literally spend years trying to like perfect the thing and it's never going to come out. So it's just like, it's like a whole thing, but you know, for, for you, like, is, is it something similar, especially, um, you know, uh, when, when it was clear that, uh, you know, as you're going up that you needed to, to kind of get involved with other people because some of the old uh, guys that you were doing stuff with, uh, had other things in their lives and they weren't doing it as much. And did that make yeah. it tough for you too, to kind of stay in everything? It was a little challenge. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, like you said, um, I was kind of the only one that really, um, kept pursuing hip hop or making music altogether as we grew up. And, uh, my other friends just, uh, kind of just, you know, grew up like myself and just yeah. had to live life and it kind of withered away for me. Like, I, it kept, it stuck with me. I know that like I always had a passion and love for it. And, um, it was a little hard because it wasn't like, oh man, want to freestyle today or let's get up, let's mess around with some music. It wasn't there anymore. Um, people moved. I moved away out from Bridgeport. I moved up north. Um, so I wasn't close to Chris and he was doing his own thing. And, you know, Fagan moved to Asia, Ralph's and the Burbs. So a lot of people were gone. Um, so yeah, I was kind of on my own thing in Starbucks, which is funny. Like that's where I ran into Brandon. Uh, he went to Columbia College down the street, downtown there, and uh, he was going to school for sound engineering and all that. And he knew he learned that I was into like you know making music and freestyling and I rap and stuff. So we kind of just like clicked and hung out. And uh, he would record stuff from there. And there was another guy, 
Jacob was in this hip hop. He was from Boston, I think. And he had his own little gig, like him. He was a producer and he had another guy named Quay. Um, I, I forgot. Uh, the Calm Before the Storm, I think, is the group. Uh, I forgot it was old stuff. They had uh, they actually did a show too of the Wicker Park back in the day at this place called The Note, which is not there anymore. The Blue Note or The Note. Uh, that was another area we went to during those days, just to party down in Wicker Park. <laughs> it was kind of like a, <laughs> it was a mini Sin City. It was crazy, but like, anyways, uh, that's that place ain't there anymore. But we went to see their live show. That was cool. So Jacob, he had all these beats. Like he even threw me some beats he made, and I was like, cool. Uh, I would write over it. I you know I still have beats that I don't even know if it's used that I could potentially mess with. Yeah. But anyway, like there was a couple tracks that he gave me and I formed tracks on and I went with Brandon to his house and he recorded me and it, the the first track that I ever recorded was uh click clack. Clickety clack. I don't know. It wasn't really like a title name, but it was my first track that I just had random verses on and I took Jacob's beat. And I just started recording. Like I just, you know, I dropped some lyrics over it and I, I kind of did like a one take, you know, like I didn't even stop. Like I kind of just continuously like just went through the whole thing, rapping without stopping, taking, you know, just recording different tracks and the process of it now that I know, but I did it all in one track, um, the verse and everything, the hook. And, and it was cool. It came out cool. Like I heard it back. It was just like hearing yourself on a recording. You kind of hear what you sound like. It's a little weird at first, yeah. your voice, and you kind of get used to it. And, and some people are like, oh, that's cool. Or that's funny. And you get positive and you get negative uh, reactions, but it didn't matter to me. It mattered to me was I was making music and learning. And this was the first time that I had recorded, uh, not an official song, but yeah, I guess you can say it was a track. and like i don't know it was just the beginning you know of a thing that i started and kept doing and wanting to do it was kind of addicting in a sense and so i would do that i'd go up north to his house and record tracks and uh every time i had you know instrumentals on hand and do it that way um but yeah that's how i did it on my own um I met Nate Dog. He worked at Starbucks, so I kind of, I guess, I kind of got him into hip hop too. <laughs> um, he was a big Beastie Boys fan, though, so like we kind of clicked on that, and um, he started freestyling. And we kind of got him into that. And, like he started writing, which he was decent. You know, he actually became decent. A I don't know if he still does stuff. Um, I think he's messing around with beats, but I don't know. He's he's up on the the north uh west corner there in the country oh yeah and, uh yeah just on the border of like you know canada and like seattle or whatever washington yeah um, which is tough to live there right now with all those forest fires you know hopefully hopefully that stuff uh, clears up soon for sure because you don't like to see that kind of stuff so hopefully he's okay with all that stuff yeah you know? i haven't heard from him hopefully he didn't get affected and like you know died or something crazy yeah let's hope not i'm sure sure he's okay um but anyways like he was one of the guys i had collab with and kind of just uh we all learned and kind of grew together you know making music he was always a guy that i kind of depend on to make music with he was always down too and i'd go to his house and we'd write stuff and try and he got into recording a little bit and learned it 
um, and did what the best we could. I mean, the, the quality wasn't that great, but we still got it done and, and uh, we did it that way. So yeah, it was a little struggle being on your own, but at the same time, kind of find yourself and kind of doing your own thing. And um, for that, I met other people and to do stuff with, and you know, it didn't stop me from progressing my uh, craft and just, you know, yeah. sticking through it. So yeah, I'm happy about that. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, like I've gone through stages myself where, you know, I mean, like when I moved here to Minnesota, like there was a time when I was still kind of messing around making beats, but I just didn't have, I didn't like sit down and do things as much. And, and I finished my other album, the Dr. Alio album. Um, and you know, it was just kind of like, I fell off for like a year or two, uh, is, is what I was working on before. And, and I've picked it up recently and, I'm sure that I'll get even more back. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll get, I'll definitely be doing more and more, especially when we get our own house and stuff. But, um, you know, life happens, you know, obviously we've said this. So, so some people just, some people that were doing things like are like, you know, I'm not that into it. And I feel like the idea of like making a living on music or just, uh, um, you know, that, that kind of a dream or, or at the same time, just, uh, because it's such an outlet, like for me, it's almost like therapy sometimes music. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like that's what pushes me to keep going. I'm, I'm guessing you're, you're similar with that. Some people just, they don't have that. Maybe something else is that outlet for them. You know, maybe, maybe they just, uh, were just never really that into it and they did it for fun and, and they realized, uh, if I'm going to do my other job or something, I shouldn't do this, which, you know, I, you almost wish they still did, but th- that's the way things go. But, uh, you know, all, all those different things happen and you keep going, but, uh, you know, for me continuing to, to do music is something that's probably going to be very important, uh, till I die <laughs> because it's just like, there are times when I'm just, there's so much other outside noise, you know, there, there's my job, there's, uh, all the, the politics stuff and people being mean to each other and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we got to deal with, uh, you know, the environment now, like there's just always some crazy things around us to keep my sanity. I need to like make music, you know, even if it's just instrumentals, like the instrumental itself is an outlet for me. Uh, so there's a lot of times I'll make tracks specifically for me to just jam out on my MIDI keyboard and just do like crazy solos that I'll never like really send out to anyone. Just like the whole purpose of the track is for me to just go nuts. And, uh, you know, I'll do that with lyrics too and stuff sometimes. Um, so, you know, music is something that's always going to be there. So, I mean, so for you, <laughs> you should totally, uh, you know, start collabing because I, cause I, cause I'm down. Like I'm ready to go nuts. I'm ready to make EPs, albums. Like even if it's just one-off tracks, like whatever, man. Like I'll send you some beats. We could work on stuff. Now that the pandemic is kind of winding down, hopefully, uh, you know, we could do some face-to-face stuff in the future. Like you, you know, so so for sure. Like you know, if you wanna, if you're serious about getting back into it, man. Like I, I'm ready to go. And I, and for the people listening, like uh, we're not gonna make garbage (laughs) like i'm not saying we're like amazing legendary people like making music but but we take it seriously and have fun with it and i think you guys will enjoy it you know you know yeah for sure yeah i'm totally down i'm always down i i kind of need a a fire lit on my ass to get me uh motivated to to get back into it 
I know it's there and I know I'll, I'll always get back into it. I just kind of just got to push myself amongst other things that's going on in my life. But, um, yeah, I can't let it hold me down. Um, it makes me happy. It's probably that's why like, <laughs> I felt like something's missing in my life. You know, like, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Um, but it is therapeutic for sure. Like you said, for me, uh, as you said, for yourself as well. And, um, I feel like maybe, yeah, I got a lot to talk about. It's been a while. Like I haven't dropped a track since, gosh, <laughs> probably like 2012 or 13. Yeah. yeah. That was probably my last track that I did with, uh, from the beat of yours, uh, the March of the Dam, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also on your SoundCloud as well. <laughs> this is the March of the Dam. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. It was fun to make that. And uh, yeah, man. We got to we gotta collab for sure. I'm down. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. We'll have to, I'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch with that stuff, uh, you know, after the podcast. We could talk about that even more if you want to. But, uh, you know, I do want to to also talk about other things, you know, like music is cool and, uh, you know, but we all have other hobbies, other likes, uh, you know, I know for me, especially, you know, with this, with the, this podcast and channel sports is something that's kind of a key thing. It's also a part of my career at the moment as I'm a sports editor, but like, you know, when I'm, you know, looking at music is one of the things I also like homebrewing, you know, but sports again is one of the main things. And, uh, you know, I know you are also involved uh, in recreational sports lately, uh, kind of getting involved with that, uh, playing in leagues in Chicago for simply social sports. And, and uh, you know, I, to me, sports is important. Like, I love watching games. I just got into European soccer more, uh, you know, European football. Um, <clears throat> I do fantasy football stuff for the NFL. I love baseball, you know, go White Sox, you know. Uh, yeah. I'm actually going on a game Tuesday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It'll be nice. I haven't been to a baseball game in years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, Literally. <laughs> and hopefully this last losing streak, you know, as we're recording this, the Sox just went through a losing streak that they finally snapped recently, but like, hopefully they're, they're going to go on a winning streak here just, and you could be a good luck charm maybe. But uh, yeah, I always seem to like go to the, when they play the twins, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. yeah, hopefully we beat them. Uh, we were have been, been on fire. We have been doing pretty well. So, and as the listeners are listening to this, hilariously, uh, I got friends coming in from Chicago, and uh, fr- from the date you guys are first listening to this uh, next, like uh, next couple weeks, I'm going to the Target uh, Field for. Uh, White Sox at Minnesota Twins. So I'm also going to a Sox Twins game. <laughs> Cheers to that. Um, yeah. Having a little uh, local uh, Daisy Cutter Pale Ale. Oh, nice. Nice. I'll have to choose yeah. you too. Some Half Acre uh, Chicago local yeah. beer. So cheers to you as well. I am sipping on uh, a homebrew that I made, my Belgian wit, which uh, anyone that subscribed to my channel has listened to stuff before. I've talked about this beer. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, a wheat beer essentially with, uh, some chamomile and some cinnamon. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's definitely refreshing and, uh, you get a lot of that banana flavor from the, from the yeast. So I, I and clove and stuff. So I, I like this beer a lot. It's probably one of my, uh, I, I really like my Porter too, but I, this, this is probably one of the best ones I've made so far. So 
So cheers, man. So, yeah, so let's talk about, uh, you know, the sports you play. Obviously, beach volleyball, indoor volleyball, softball, kick, kickball thing uh, is what uh, you told me you were doing. So, you know, yeah. what what drew you to try and join the leagues itself, you know, and what keeps you coming back, you know? Um, well, when I first moved up north from Bridgeport was probably back in uh, 2007. So, yeah, I've been up on the north side uh, for quite some time. Um, so I was kind of on my own and, uh, you know, I wanted to meet some people, you know. Um, yeah. That was a good way to meet people, which actually what I stumbled across did. I used to uh, do this thing called Meetup. I don't know if you've heard of it, meetup.com. Uh, you go online and you kind of join different groups to meet new people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Depending on your interests, there's, you know, groups about poetry, groups about this and that and whatever hobbies you like or whatever you can join it, meet people at certain days. And, you know, that's a good way to meet people. Anyways, I met this guy off of this uh, dive bar group in Chicago. They go around Chicago every Thursdays and go around the city looking for dive bars. I met a lot of experienced a lot of like bars. I have never known, um, which was kind of cool. Some bars were cool. And some bars were crap, and you know it was it was fun. It was something to do. But um, I met this guy Kevin. He was already into S three, and he was looking to for another player to join his softball team on Sundays. This was about two thousand and ten. Um, so that's when I first got into S three, the Sports Social League, and um, it was the best. I would say best. Um, season that I ever done in my life. Uh, my teammates were cool as hell. We always threw like house parties and you know, yeah. like hung out a lot, clicked together and had fun. I had a blast. I met a lot of people. Uh, I made a lot of friends through S3. And um, so I did that and I got hooked. Like I just started joining other leagues after that um, because it was just more about having fun, meeting new people, maybe meeting your future significant other or whatnot or you know just having a good time have something to do be active and social at the same time which you know i kind of liked and you know they would have these sponsor bars after the games that we'd all go to and the bars would have discounts free pitchers a couple maybe two or three pitchers for the team yeah um and we just play flippy cup bear pong and socialize and just have a blast you know the sunday fun day and um yeah, I liked it. So there was other stuff to do, like you said, volleyball. I did beach volleyball, indoor volleyball, uh, kickball. What else have I done? I think that's it. In a lo- another league, I- I've done uh, bags, but that was like a winter oh. thing. That yeah, was yeah. just aside, outside of the uh, league that I'm in now. But uh, what drew me back is just it's so much fun. It's something to do. I know the bracket. Um, of age is like 20, 21 to like uh, 42. So I'm almost there. You know, I was yeah. uh, retired for quite some time, like maybe a year or whatnot, because I felt like, ah, maybe I should try something else. Yeah. yeah. Getting older, like, you know, I don't want to be hanging out with a bunch of little kids, like young, like 20 year olds, whatever. But I'm, I'm young at heart. I'm, I can still hang with the young ones and still have a good time. So it's obviously not an issue. Um, so I still do it. Um, it's something to do. Keeps me busy. Keeps me active. 
And like I said, uh, you always meet a lot of cool people and have fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it, it, hilariously, I was just talking uh, with my fiance, Alex, about uh, finding some stuff here in Minnesota. There's probably no like beach volleyball here or anything, but I, I know they have softball leagues and things like that. Cause, uh, cause yeah, it's kind of cool. Like I, I myself would, would, uh, get like fun competitive with it where I'd want to, you know, have fun and win and, and party and everything too. But, you know, but I'd probably be like all into it. Like if we won, I'd be like dog piling on the pitcher's mound and softball and stuff like that, you know, you know, yeah, but, I mean, like there's uh, I mean, you get those people where they take it too seriously and it kind of kills the whole thing. Yeah. Which is a little, it's, it's a little much like when you're trying to, to, you know, I don't know, act like you're like a professional no one's, perfect. no one's perfect and it is a rec league and people are not going to always catch the ball or people are not always going to hit the ball or the way you want it and it's just all about fun and some people just you know take a little too seriously and kind of kill it but it's inevitable and that's what it is but you know for the most part it's always a good time yeah yeah and now you did talk about too that uh you know, you could kind of be put on random teams or if you have some friends that, you know, you could kind of set up your own teams as well or, or make sure that you're on a similar team. You know, what's that like when you kind of make a community there? Like you, you have a circle of friends that you met through this and, and, you know, now you're friends and you hang out and, and, you know, play some sports once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. So when you first sign up, um, there's a friend request uh, option and you can put, you know, all your friends and, uh, the, the organizer will put you on the same team so that you can play together and, you know, try to win or just, you know, just hang out, you know, cause you want to hang out with your friends. So it's, it's a yeah, cool yeah. thing that happens, or you can have the option of just not putting any names and just doing it indie and you'll be placed on just random people's teams and you'll probably meet new people that way. But then again, you know, the, the S3 world is kind of small, so you'll you'll see the familiar faces and you'll probably <laughs> see a familiar face again or even one of your friends without knowing and be put on a team. So it's it's kind of cool in that sense. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a good time. Like, I like it. I think that's a cool option. Yeah, and you sure. figure by now, like, you meet a lot of people and you would form a team in some certain sport, but that never occurred to me. Like, it never happened. So there'd be maybe <laughs> four or five of us that would be on the same team. But, like, softball, there's, like, probably, like, 10 to 12 people total. So it's, like, yeah. uh, it's a lot of people to get together for to form a team in that sense. Volleyball, you can probably form a team more realistically because it's, like, six people. Yeah, yeah. So, I know, I know about six people who probably easily form a team, but we never came across it or never did it. But uh, we always add each other's names, so we end up on the same team, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also would be cool too to to be on a team and then face your friends as well, because you could kind of get like fun competitive with it. <laughs> oh yeah, that's happened so many times. So yeah, you kind of have fun competitive and talk crap to each other, but <laughs> and then you go to the bar and have a drink together. So it's all yeah. Good. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so you talked about, uh, you were telling me before that uh, you've actually been on two championship teams in beach volleyball, which has to be pretty cool. You know, I, I, I have to ask, like, what, what was that like? Like, were you guys celebrating like you won the Stanley Cup? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that serious, but like, it was good to win to know that, yeah, you, you won the top of the chain. You're up there. Uh, we won a party. So the sponsor bar, wherever we're at, uh, they they honor you a, a party to have like for an hour or two, uh, you know, open bar, maybe free drinks or whatever. Yeah, so that's cool. a cool thing for that. Um, 
and just having a title of being a champ yeah and it's it's even better because um we weren't formed as a team we're all indie so yeah to win a championship as an indie team is is kind of rare yeah i bet because uh even in rec sports, I'm guessing uh, chemistry is a big thing on a thing, especially, you know, volleyball, you got to know where you're hitting the ball. Who's, who's good at what, like what position you got to be in, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You got to, you know, communicate and stuff. So I guess it's just one of those things. I mean, we were friends and like some of us weren't friends, but like we met new friends and like we kind of clicked and, you know, we were able to pull up the championship. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I've never done uh, a lot of like, uh, rec sports stuff but i've done things like where it was just us friends playing um you know random games you know it's very rare as we get older you kind of need the rec leagues because well, like trying did, to well you did like a little league when you were younger right yeah yeah i did that stuff and you know all that and play baseball and things like that but uh you know when it comes to like uh getting older like college or out of college like it was just like hey we're gonna like get together and do this thing or or we're gonna join this thing um like a, a little tournament or something i definitely did darts you know like I, if that counts as a rec sport but like um you know like it like like bar games i did those types of things they, they even had like they actually had a beer pong thing at one thing and me and a, and a partner like we took third or something like we did pretty good well i know like they have like uh ski ball on thursdays and that's more of like a social thing like if you want to meet people because you can wear regular clothes and uh, you go to the bar. This one bar in Wrigley, uh, has uh, oh. ski ball. So, like, you can do ski ball. Your, uh, your audio got messed up for a second, dude. Oh, can you hear me? It's like, uh, sounds like a robot for some reason. Oh, that's weird. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm turning into a cyborg right now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe oh. that's what the vaccination was. No. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're almost, we actually are almost done here, but, uh, you know, um, I'm not sure why it's, done. it's probably just an internet thing. That's usually how these things go. When it comes to, you've played in a lot of places and had different sponsor bars. So what are, what are some of your uh, favorite venues and bars in Chicago? Uh, in general, or just the, uh, the rec thing, like yeah. for, for the rec thing, but, but I mean, if there's some oh, the places that thing, like, uh, like I said, the first year that I joined in 2010 was the best time, and probably one of the best bars. Um, I'm not sure if it was called Kelsey's or something like that, but it was in Lincoln Park. Uh, we played at Oz Park, and it was in walking distance. And um, it was a fairly big place, and we had a good time playing Flippy Cock Bear Pong and stuff. I go home, and the Mondays to work would be horrible, but like. <laughs> You know, it was it was worth it. You know, I was still young and I could still pull it through. Can't do that now, but <laughs> <laughs> but that was a cool bar. Another legendary bar was Beer on Clark. That was a big one too. That's probably up there, one of my favorites. Um, it was in yeah Wrigleyville, and it's on Clark right there, right off near Nebraska, and. Uh, it was a split bar, so it was Beer and Clark, and it was two bars in the one, and the other side was like a beach or something. I don't know what it was called, I forgot, but it had a beach thing, and you could cross over back and forth. You know, it was pretty roomy, and we had a lot of, you know, good times. You could do karaoke there, they had beer pong, the usual games, party games. 
music and uh, food and drink specials. Uh, that was probably uh, one of my favorite sponsor bars, uh, which is no longer there anymore. Unfortunately, they uh, demolished it with the wow. construction thing they bought through, or I don't know what they're doing. But, uh, I hate when they do that. Another bar, another beer, uh, bar was uh, Hawkins. Um, and that was a sponsored bar for the Wrightwood Park. Um, just right off of Wrightwood and Ashley out there. Um, also walking distance, it was a corner neighborhood bar in Hawkins. And uh, other than us, it'd just be the regular, you know, pub uh, clientele that'd be hanging in there. Like, we would give them all this business. And the cool thing was, like, in the back of the bar, there was a small beach volleyball court. So, <laughs> the softball, like, we'd go there and get drunk and, and play some beach volleyball. <laughs> nice. Yeah, um, nice. Because it'd be summertime, it'd still be warm. And so, that was a cool, actually cool little spot that I uh, was going to. Um, the other bars, oh, McGee's is a big one, too. That's uh, a Sunday, Monday bar. I don't know if it replaced that Kelsey's place, but that's uh, located in Webster and uh, Sheffield, is it? And uh, yeah, that's always a good time too. McGee's, McGee's is a place too. A lot of crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Some days are nuts, and yeah, it gets dangerous. <laughs> I think. I- I think there's pictures of us there one time. There was like a festival over there, right? The, like they just sometimes do like a they, a festival on that street, don't they, by McGee's? Uh, it's possible like the street fests around there, probably, yeah. Um, it's Lincoln Park, you know, people can party up and stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, what else uh, is there? Well, there was a, we played at Stag Park, which is more south from there. Um, it's more about like Clark and uh, it's supposed to climb more, excuse me. And uh, there was a bar called um, Sully's, which was cool too. Um, first stumbled upon that, and I fall softball. Yeah. And uh, met a lot of cool friends. I still talk to them now to this day. But that was also walking distance, and uh, it was on the corner. They would have the second floor just uh, just for the S3 people, which was cool. It was exclusive for us. Yeah. Part of there. They had a little rooftop, too, so we walked there and just had good times. Um, most of the bars, their sponsor bars, was fairly fun. Awesome or lame as hell. Like, I don't know. For instance, uh, shenanigans. <laughs> they call it shenanigans because, like, uh, like the... the the staff is horrible. Like they're always in a bad mood. Like I've just been experiences. I've gotten kicked out of there for something stupid. Um, they've taken my pizza. <laughs> you, would, you would get free pizza after the games. Um, maybe like uh, instead of the beer, they would give you like a whole pizza to share with the team, which was cool. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we'd have leftover pizza, like whole pizzas that people wouldn't use, and I had one reserved that we take home. And, I happened to go in the alleyway and uh, have a little smoke break. <laughs> and uh, one of the freaking staff members saw us and managed us out. When we tried to get back in, they kicked us out and took my pizza away. And I was like, screw that place. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm anti shenanigans. It wasn't cool anyway. So. 
Yeah. It, you're back out of the robotic voice out of nowhere as soon as you said that. <laughs> like, I don't know what happened. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you got taken over by the Daleks for a second. Like, exterminate. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did. Maybe I was possessed for a moment. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but it, yeah, that's, that's for that. Um, yeah. Anything else? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, uh, so obviously, you know, we've talked about music and, and some recreational sports today. And uh, I feel like, uh, I think I feel like we prove with all these different things that we're involved in that we need to have uh, a lot of things to kind of be involved in. For me, recreational sports is cool because you're getting exercise and all that. You're outside, and you're, but you're also socializing. I feel like after this pandemic, these these things to socialize are going to be huge, and I don't think anyone's going to take them for granted because it's just like things can happen, and suddenly you have to be locked down and all that. So it's just it's kind of cool to, to have those kinds of things to do. And, uh, you know, especially as we get older, it's, it's harder to meet new people in normal venues because of just how people are. People become more reserved as they get older. So it's like, it's not like in college where you could be out drinking at a bar and some random people are there and somebody says a joke. And then the next thing, you know, everybody's drinking together, like 20 people, like, you know, nowadays people are like reserved. They want to be in their corner. Like who's this outsider? Who's that outsider? Like everyone's like in their own little clicks. So that to have things like a rec sports, uh, sports league that has to be um you know ju- just a good way to kind of get people to come together and forget about some of the the noise outside and then you know i think music is is another thing with that because uh there is a community in music and especially if you're collaborating with people and you could kind of connect with an audience if you get to do live type stuff or even if you realize people are listening to your tracks online you know it's like you're kind of connecting with a group of people. It's almost social in its own way, which is pretty cool. So, I mean, uh, uh, for, for anyone listening, uh, get involved in music, get involved with rec sports, get involved with anything, man. Like, uh, it's good times. And I'm sure Mark can attest to that. Like, uh, um, you know, it, it allows you to be who you are, be yourself and to, to just kind of be a part of a community for once. Absolutely. And, uh, I think it made me a better person, a more creative person. Um, kind of found myself more know myself more and what i'm capable of just you know challenging myself and whatnot so yeah it's something i definitely uh hold close to my heart it's it's i got love for that yeah yeah for sure man well man it's been uh it's been really awesome uh being able to to talk with you uh obviously again with the pandemic i haven't been able to make it to chicago you know for a while and you know, normal, we get to hang out and all that and, and talk and hopefully things are uh, going to be back to normal soon. And I'll be in Chicago soon and I'll hit you up and we, we could hang out and we definitely should be doing more collaborations, possibly on my YouTube channel. Like I'm sure people would like that stuff. Like, uh, that, whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Jam in person, hang out, whatever. Uh, you know, I'm sure I'll invite you back on the podcast too, at some point as well, just cause it's, it's fun to talk about things and to just start uh, sure. like, like you said, shoot the shit. So, so yeah, so that's pretty cool. So thanks. Thanks to everyone who has been listening and supporting the sun dried tomatoes podcast and YouTube channel. 
Thanks to everyone who has subscribed and downloaded the podcast and to those who have subscribed to the YouTube channel. This wouldn't be possible with all of your support, and I really do appreciate it. And thanks again for Mark for joining me. Uh, go check out his music on SoundCloud. And until next time, have a great month, everyone. 